Welcome to Russian History Retold, Episode 175, Charlatan, Conman, and Murderer, Trofim Lysenko. Last time I finished up the era of Leonid Brezhnev. Today we'll cover the life and impact of Trofim Denisovich Lysenko. Whoa, wait a minute. This Lysenko guy wasn't a Soviet or Russian ruler, was he? What gives? Well, Lysenko, in my humble opinion, is one of the great charlatans of the Soviet era and was a favorite of the next two leaders I will be covering again, Nikita Khrushchev and Joseph Stalin. He is also the cause of millions of deaths in the USSR and the hoax he perpetrated set Soviet biology back for de decades. Lysenko and his pseudoscience gives us a great insight into some of the many reasons for the downfall of the Soviet Union. It should also serve as a warning to us and those who would follow similar forms of pseudoscience. History does not look back favorably at those espousing their opinions of science based on emotional, political, or economic expediency and self-interest. Hopefully, in this podcast, you will see this unfold and how it correlates to a number of issues of science and I dare say, issues that humanity is facing today. Trofim Lysenko was born on September 29, 1898, in the town of Karlovka, Ukraine, to Denise and Oksana Lysenko, a peasant family. Not a whole lot is known about his early upbringing, but for him to have attended the Kiev Agricultural Institute from such humble beginnings meant that he must have shown some talent and intelligence. His climb to fame began with an article published in the newspaper Pravda in 1927, with claims that he discovered a method of fertilization of crops that could be done without fertilizers or minerals. He called this process vernalization. Vernalization, quote, is the induction of a plant's flowering process by exposure to the prolonged cold of winter, or by an artificial equivalent. It's a scientific method, but Lysenko's vernalization was anything but scientific. According to one paper I read about the Lysenko uh, theory, they had explained it in this way, quote, During one period, for example, he picked a spring wheat with a short stage of vernalization, but a long light stage which he crossed with another variety of wheat with a long stage of vernalization and a short light stage. He claimed that his stage theory could produce more wheat than any other crop it was applied to, even though and through the harsh Soviet winters. Lysenko was quoted to have said of the Azerbaijan lands that he would be, quote, turning the barren fields of the Transcaucus, green in winter so that cattle will not perish from poor feeding and the peasant Turk will live through the winter without trembling for tomorrow. Another statement of Lysenko's brings his ideas into more clarity. Quote, the organism and the conditions required for its life are an inseparable unity. Different living bodies require different environmental conditions for their development. By studying features of the nature of organisms, the qualitative features of heredity. Heredity 
is the property of a living body to require definite conditions for its life and development and to respond in a definitive way to various conditions. Now, to his way of thinking, genetics was purely the response of an organism to its environment and not based on DNA. His claim of a response to the environment is somewhat correct, but not in the bubble he put it in. He totally rejected Mendelian genetic inheritance theory. This was to set back Soviet biology for 40 years, which they never truly recovered from. It would also contribute to a number of famines that would cause and that would plague the USSR for the rest of their existence, causing the death of millions, along with the grain shortages of so far late into the 1970s, which forced the USSR to buy wheat from Canada and the United States and revealed the weakness in the communist economic model. But we can't stop there. Lysenko was not only a charlatan of a scientist, he was an evil man as well. Because of his tenuous grip on science, he made sure that anyone who opposed his ideas would be dealt with in a very harsh manner. Lysenko was careful to frame his work as being an image of Marxism-Leninism. Aiding in his ability to claim the socialist mantle was his humble peasant origins. Stalin, by 1929, was tightening his grip on the Communist Party, having already rid himself of Leon Trotsky. He would also be promoting his anti-intellectualism campaign that would become the Great Terror. Lysenko, as the anti-intellectual model of the Great Communist Movement, would benefit greatly from Stalin's viewpoint. Not only would he benefit, but anyone who opposed him would suffer greatly. One of the first scientists to feel the wrath of Lysenko would be Nikolai Vavilov. In the beginning, Vavilov supported his colleague, but over the years he understood how demented and wrong his ideas were. By the late 1930s, he routinely condemned Lysenko's theories. Vavilov was arrested on August 6, 1940, while on an expedition to Ukraine. He was sentenced to death in July 1941. In 1942, his sentence was commuted to 20 years imprisonment, but he died there in 1943, above all things, starvation. To show how utterly powerful Lysenko's ideas were in the eyes of Joseph Stalin, one only needs to hear about one incident in April of 1948. At the time, the heir apparent to Stalin was one Andrei Zhdanov, who was the party boss of Leningrad. His son Yuri was the head of the Central Committee Science Department at the young age of 28. Yuri Zhdanov despised Lysenko and what he felt were nonsense and his thoroughly ridiculous ideas. His father warned him, though, quote, Yuri, don't tangle with Lysenko. He'll cross you with a cucumber. But the son did not heed his father's advice. On April 10, 1948, at the Moscow Polytechnic School, he gave a speech denouncing his adversary. It didn't take long before Stalin received a copy of the speech through Lysenko and Malenkov, who was Zhdanov's rival. The Soviet leader was angered, and at a meeting in June, he barked, quote, How did anyone dare insult comrade Lysenko? Report is wrong. Zhdanov has been mistaken. Stalin then looked around the room and asked, Who authorized it?
Everybody was now in fear. Dmitry Shepolov, a protege of Zhidanov, wrote, quote, I can honestly say I never saw such a look. His eyes seemed to possess some incredible force. Their yellow pupils transfixed me like, like a cobra coiled to strike. As Simon Montefiore puts it in his book on Stalin, quote, Shepolov tried to explain, but Stalin interrupted. We'll set up a committee to clarify the facts. The guilty must be punished. Not Yuri Zhidanov. He's still young. But he pointed his pipe at the pianist. It's necessary to punish the fathers. Then, in a terrible silence, slowly pacing, he listed the members of the committee. Malenkov, but no Zhidanovs. Stalin deliberately waited until the end. Did this mean the Zhidanovs' Chechina was over? After long thought, Stalin uttered, and Zhidanov, leaving a long silence before adding, senior. The stress of this incident may have led to the demise of Andrei Zhidanov as he died just a few months later. Yuri was lucky and kept his job, but he was forced to publicly apologize for contradicting the great Lysenko. It was also a lesson to many others who felt that his work was that of a charlatan, a very dangerous charlatan. Trofim Lysenko, as I said before, dismissed the idea of genes or DNA. He did not believe that anything like that could pass down information from one generation to another. Lysenko believed that the best traits of a species were handed down totally disregarding the obvious traits of variation and mutation. Lots of Soviets, scientists, knew that his ideas were hogwash and couldn't hold their water to any sort of debate, but they were in fear of him because of his support from Stalin. Because of this support, Lysenko was given the dictatorship or directorship, and I would say dictatorship, is more accurate, of the Department of Genetics at the Academy of Sciences, a position that he would hold until his downfall in 1965. Another offshoot of Lysenkoism was the theory of the creation of the new Soviet man. The eugenics movement came from this. In theory, peasants could, under the right environmental situations, become the ideal and exceptional citizen. If this sounds somewhat Hitlerian, you would be right. Although, in Lysenko's defense, he did not support this idea. He was actually vehemently opposed to it. By the time of Stalin's death in 1953, Trofim Lysenko was at his peak in influence. This was to begin to crumble with Khrushchev's denunciation of his predecessor. By 1962, three prominent Soviet scientists, Yakov Zeldovich, Vitaly Ginzburg, and Pyotr Kapitsa, stood up to Lysenko, claiming that his theories were all pseudoscientific. They also railed against his use of political influence to denounce anyone who was opposed to him. In 1964, famed physicist Andrei Sakharov spoke to the General Assembly of the Academy of Sciences and said this about Lysenko, quote, He is responsible for the shameful backwardness of Soviet biology and of genetics in particular, for the dissemination of pseudoscientific views, for adventurism, 
for the degradation of learning and for the defamation of, firing, arrest, even death of many genuine scientists. By 1965, Lysenko was removed from the Academy of Science. When his records were investigated, the fraud he had perpetrated was publicly revealed. His name was to be synonymous with disgrace, but the damage was already done to Soviet science. He died in Moscow in 1976. Lysenko's effect on Soviet genetics and biology cannot be underestimated. His leadership of the Soviet Academy of Agricultural Sciences for 25 years caused immeasurable suffering of the Soviet people. The career suicide that many scientists had to avoid in order to stay alive must have hurt them intellectually. Those who did dare to oppose him were accused of proposing, quote, alien foreign bourgeoisie biology. When I took on the subject of Lysenko and mentioned it on the Facebook Russian Rulers History page, my fellow history podcaster, Chris Stapps Anderson, of the Eastern Border po Podcast, one I really heartily recommend. Again, that's the Eastern Border Podcast. He proclaimed, quote, Oh, God, you're really doing Lysenko? Good luck, man. I didn't even touch him on my show because, well, you know. In the beginning of this podcast, I warned you that following emotional, political, or economically biased science is a dangerous path to take. In my field of work, I'm a scientist researching things like environmental impact on human health, among other things. Some of my points of view are in opposition to those with vested interests. And luckily for me, I live in a society where opposing points of view are safe to promote. Lysenko and those before and after him have used threats, both real and hidden, to suppress science. We must be careful to see through that, as I've tried to do when looking at history through the eyeglass of time. As I said before, history does not look kindly at those who deny the existence of facts based on one's biased opinions. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. But before I go, I'd like to make you aware of a new blog site slash website created by listener Alexander. It's at smarthistories.wordpress.com. Again, that's smarthistories.wordpress.com. And aside from the blog and the amazing pictures that he's posted, he lists the top 100 podcasts on Russian history. This humble podcast has a little more than 20 of the 100, and I feel quite proud of it, and thank you, Alexander. Also, you've heard me talk about joining our Facebook group so many times, Russian Rulers History Podcast, in the past. But there are more reasons than ever, due to the incredible posts of pictures shared by listener Natalia and Michael recently, of Russia and Russian historical events, as well as Soviet times. To the two of you, your posts have been really awesome. Next time, I'll head back to past Russian rulers with a review of the rule of Nikita Khrushchev. Don't forget to go to my blog site, RussianRulersHistory.com, to read both the episodes I did recently on Putin and Yeltsin, as well as clicking on the donation button on the top of the page to show support for the podcast. So now, as always, до свидания и спасибо большое.